Welcome to the 34th episode of A Step Back. Your host, Leon Tompkins, my main man, Jacob Moses, and long from the dead, our good friend, Total Basis Podcast host, Felipe Mauricio. How you doing, yeah, buddy? I ain't dead yet, motherfuckers. Come on. <laughs> I'm all right, man. It's been uh oh, I like your hoodie, Jacob. I just realized it. And thank you. And uh, what what's uh Leon's wearing a Michael Jackson t-shirt or something? What is that? Really? Oh, a black Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson t-shirt. Nice. That's what I said. Oh man. That's I'm doing classic. good though. I'm just trying to stay warm. It, it it suddenly got cold here in Chicago after like like six or seven consecutive days of like 75 degree weather here. It was, <laughs> yeah. So, but the, no, I'm doing fine, man. Thank you for having me on today. Absolutely. No, it, it's been great. You know, cause uh, last time we spoke, it was the last dance uh, on ESPN and uh, a lot of things changed since then. Uh, <laughs> he became a father. Uh, congratulations yes, to you. Oh yeah! Wow, has it has it been that long already? Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thanks, man. I mean, I as you guys can tell from all the pictures I share, I'm a proud papa. I, I love my baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm happy. When, I'm at my happiest right now when I'm around her, and obviously second happiest is dealing with you guys all the time. So, so no, I can't complain right now. Oh man, that, that's cool because you know the last time we. Um, I complained about your Chicago school system, so I hope it gets better by the time she goes. <laughs> well, I'm in the suburbs, so you know. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, so you see, you good. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's still Cook County, but I'm in the suburbs, sure. <laughs> <laughs> better lunches, uh, better system. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, why not? Go ahead. <laughs> And speaking of changes, it's the last time, it's our last episode, we uh, elected a president, um, NBA, WNBA, pushed the vote, uh, that was their message, record turnout, that's a whole other fiasco that we probably won't get into, nah. but um, a lot of changes, positive, we'll uh, see it goes on from there, um, a lot of changes going on in the league, coaching carousel more going on there um start of the season december 22nd free agency november 22nd uh you start negotiations on the 20th i'm pretty sure a lot of these guys have done a lot of backdoor deals and tonight we're going to go over next week's draft prospects uh top 30 we'll got a good friend very good with spreadsheets <laughs> very good with analytics Felipe Mauricio to help us out I'm talking about. I'm here to help. I I I I aim to please. And I aim to help. Sure. That's <laughs> uh, awesome, man. So, um, start out you know, the coaching carousel. Uh, lots going on since we last left. Mike D'Antoni named the next assistant. Uh, I was real excited about that. You know that offense. Steve Nash and Stoudemire, just Phoenix Sun, just reigniting for 2005 aspect get the nets going dan tony uh, I, I think he's in the right role as an assistant mm-hmm. um chauncey billups larry drew added on uh ty lu along with kenny atkinson so they form a 
forming a pretty good staff over there. Wow. Uh, Phillip's got his foot in the door. That's that's real nice. Him. Uh, Jeff Hornacek. Um, we thought it, I thought he was gone, but uh, he ends up in Houston staff. Uh, Nate McMillan, New Atlanta Hawks, uh, assistant coach name today. Um, so he, he found a job pretty quickly. Uh, bring some veteran leadership to that young group. Um, they're going to make a lot of noise, uh, maybe pre-draft or trade. And Oklahoma City Thunder promoting their assistant, Mike Dagono, uh, continuing that theme going and naming him the head coach. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on any of the new uh, coaching uh, hires? Uh, I like Nick McMillan going where he went. Um, you know, he brings a lot of experience, as we all know, with the Pacers. You know, he's been there for a long time, very respected around the league. Um, I don't know too much about Oklahoma City's new coach. That he's been just an assistant for a while, but, you know, got to give him a shot. Uh, Jeff Hornis, I can care less about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next subject. The Nets, they, they are forming a nice little tandem there. You know, more than a tandem. They're just really getting Steve Nash all the help he can get. I think he's going to need it with Kyrie's antics. But, um, like, what Amari Nash, you know, that pick and roll they had, the game, you know, the chemistry is already there. That would be interesting to see. Um, you know, Kenny Atkinson, you said he went to the Clippers, right? Yeah, with Billups and with uh, Billups. Larry Drew. I like that. That's – that's a nice little coaching squad. If they can get a nice a point guard with that and put that together, the Clippers might be back where they need to be. But other than that, yeah, it's, like you said, it's a carousel. It's... Yeah, you, you mentioned the point guard situation for the Clippers. A lot of rumors going around with Westbrook and Chris Paul. and His mm -hmm. name of point guard, the Clippers are heavily invested. The Knicks are invested in, in a point guard. Uh, sons appear to be interested in Chris Paul. Uh, do, do you think any of these rumors come to fruition? Uh, Westbrook is gone. And he's not staying. He already said he wants out, and there's no way you can go in the next season with him and Harden. You know Harden's going to feel some kind of way about his statement saying that I want out, and I have a hot take that I might I'm gonna bring towards the end of the show. And Leon, you's gonna it's gonna be a gun smoke. Yeah. As I always say, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Westbrook. I I don't think he goes to the Knicks. I I love Brody, but I don't want to see him on the Knicks. I don't like that his contract and his game is starting to decline. I don't think it's going to help too much. But um, I can see him going to the Clippers. I don't know who they would give up, but I can see him going to the Clippers, and that team would be. A uh, shit show, I think, because the, the attitudes and just – I don't know how that would work, to be honest, though. But just his his way, his way, ways, I don't think he would change them with Kawhi. And then imagine if, you know, Harrell comes back. It's just going to be something else. But, see, and that's why I think the coaching staff, the new coaching staff will come in and help him out. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're bringing in – rookie head coaches. I mean, besides mm -hmm. Billups, he's a respected player in the league. Mm -hmm. But I think Westbrook on the Clippers would, de would definitely help him out. I mean, he doesn't have a much better jump shot than Pat Bev, but 
<laughs> the star power you can't deny. It'd definitely be like a like a new big three, wouldn't it? Like everybody's always trying to combine these big all star and superstar players. I mean, I, you know, I I I I like when talent gets accumulated. So I'm, anywhere Russell Westbrook goes, I'm always optimistic about it, despite his antics. And uh, I'm surprised Jacob doesn't want him on the Knicks. You guys don't want anybody. You guys don't want Chris Paul. You don't want Russell Westbrook. Who do you want? I want to build. Man, fuck that. I want Westbrook. I'm not even going to lie. I, I wouldn't mind. No, in the back of my head, I want Westbrook because he's like one of my favorite players. I will say it. But <laughs> because we need something there. I mean, yeah. we just can't go into – we can go into the season with a whole bunch of rookies, but we need something to put us together. If it's Westbrook, I will say this. I won't get mad if we get him. Because then I, you know, we'll have something. Maybe he can pull his triple doubles out of his head and give us two or three productive years. But at this point, Leon Rose has been bought in, and there's a reason. You know, head of CAA, he was heavy into it. His relationship with his players, you know, give me a Devin Booker. I mean, maybe you can pull him away. But just give me something. But Westbrook, I wouldn't be totally mad about Chris Paul. No, because Oklahoma City is looking to fleece people, and we Always. can't have that. And definitely, you just can't – just don't make that mistake that we've made, you know, over and over. As you know, as a Bulls fan, you know, you see us suffering, and, yeah, you get a joy out of it. I can see it right now. Um, but you just can't – just don't make a dumb deal just to make a deal. Make sure you know what you're doing and just run with it that way. Just, just don't make a mistake. Lord knows that's that. fair enough. I, I don't know, man. You, you you put Russell. I'm not Russell. I'm Chris Paul next to that young core. Mm-hmm. Now it just depends who the Knicks are trading, right? But like I said, I, I think I told you guys before. When's the last time Chris Paul had a losing season? <laughs> man, it's can't can't find one. No, All right, that's what I mean. I mean, he ultimately makes everyone around him better. You know, you know that Thibodeau's gonna love the guy. Oh yeah, I, I sure. mean. He, I mean, Thibodeau likes undersized point guards, and what better undersized point guard than Chris Paul? And uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm very optimistic uh, on a on a Knicks, and you know, I don't like the Knicks at all. But if you get me Chris Paul, and you surround him with all the like that cast of uh, young players, like an RJ Barrett, oh my God, RJ Barrett's life just gets so much easier and so much better with a Chris Paul, and that's how I see it. Now, that's just me wanting the talent. I don't care about the money. It's not my money. What do I care? It's not the players <laughs> I'm giving up. I don't care. But yeah, I can see why Nick fans are hesitant because yeah, you can't. This is a this could burn you for a long time. So it, it is. But you got to do something. I mean, you, you can't go in there again and say, okay, this is the same young core we had last year, mm. and expect that a, a a veteran coach like Tom Thibodeau is going to coach him up, which he doesn't do. He, I mean, Jimmy Butler. Coach himself up. He had to, but, but I mean, we saw Butler's made out of a different fabric. That this guy, mm-hmm. so, but for a long time, uh, Thibodeau refused to play, but, uh, refused to play Butler because he wanted to play, you know, guys like Heinrich and uh, Kirk Heinrich, I should say, and uh, Luol Deng. I mean, he he played Luol Deng until Luol Deng needed an, an IV to function the next day. And this is the same guy who got Luol Deng a spinal tap. Like he's gonna play them until they got nothing else to play for, and then okay, Jimmy, get back in there. We'll see what you can do. I mean, that, that's that's his mo. I'm not. I'm, it's so yeah. I but you put a guy like Chris Paul who can kind of balance that out and show these young guys how to do it, and 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 he's. I thought he was gonna get pouty in Oklahoma City, and he's he puts him on his back and puts him in the playoffs. So 
I, I guess you guys can tell. You guys can tell I'm a big Chris Paul fan here, so maybe I'm just a little bit too biased. Oh uh, no, no, I'm with you. I'm, a, I'm one of yeah. the like my favorite point guard. You know, it yeah. goes him and then Damian Lillard. But it's just you can't yeah. give up all your assets no, on a 35 year old. That's that's the biggest thing. Like Westbrook, if we can give him up to nothing and no picks for him, because you're taking on that contract, get rid of Nas. I'm fine because they don't use him anyway. Get rid of you know Julius Randle. I don't I don't care. And then bring in Christian Wood. Plug him at power forward. Then you could bring Westbrook. Then we can have a formidable team. You know with Westbrook, RJ, Christian Wood, you know, Mitch, and Mitch, then yeah. whoever whoever else we bring on. But I'm not just making a deal to make a deal. That's just you know. Yeah, I get it, man. Yeah. And you want to be careful. I understand. So, uh, listen, if if you're telling me that they have a chance to get either Paul Westbrook or, or even Devin Booker, I'm taking Booker. Well, I, that eight pick can go. I'll go and get him right now. I'll risk Corona. I'll risk a, me. Me and Devin Booker go have a nice little conversation on that road trip. Yeah, man. It, it, it's <laughs> New York, so the sex parties are gonna go up, way up. So, I mean, it's gonna be fantastic. I mean. Take him to Times Square, the whatever shady area Times Square is left. He he's gonna love it. <laughs> Damn. What I say? No, that's that's true, man. That, that's excitement right there. Well, you better believe it. Yeah, you, he can get more Instagram models up in New York. They, they mostly are center around there, right? The TikTok girls, uh, the Twitter girls—they're all up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can take him up and down on Manhattan, you know, then take him to Staten Island for some real deets, you know. Shit, nah, that's nah. You begging for STD over there? I, I don't know how Devin Booker likes it. Shoot, I, hey, I'm not here I, to judge. I, hey, I heard those uh, those Suns players were riding them hard and leaving them wet, something like that, or leaving them right, something hard too. I heard that. I, that I, I mean, I can't. I guess. <laughs> I oh, guess apparently, apparently, there's video out there. You, you guys can search for it. I, 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 will, I will not promote nor uh, uh, discourage you from searching for it. Yeah, hey, hey. whatever rolls your boat. No comments. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, you what, man. At, I'll tell you what, really quick. I just want to put in the one one last one-liner for you guys. At least he didn't uh, use his family as a crutch to leave the to ditch the team and uh, go to Los Angeles to. Uh, Get into his uh, own sex party. That's yeah, I'm always gonna bring that up. Derek Rose, man, Jesus. I'm a family man. Goes to that's Los true. Angeles <laughs> and, and 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 you know has a that's, sex party of his own in Los Angeles. That's kind of wild. That was, hey man. Yeah, Devin, I'm just saying, Devin has no priorities. Oh yes, he does. Didn't he impregnate two of the, those women or three? I think so. he he might he might have. Hey, you know, the, I'll tell you what. The case for Derrick Rose was done in court uh, here in New York City, or mm-hmm. there in New York City. So, mm-hmm. hey, if Devin goes to New York, it just saves him. Uh, it saves him a, a plane trip, right? <laughs> hey, Derrick Rose, MVP does MVP things. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> Leon, save us for your man. <laughs> this is getting off the rails. You can't even contain us. You, <laughs> you look at it from Chris Paul. Uh, and the Thunder's point of view, they're looking to ditch that contract, mm-hmm. uh, get the coach some more young talent they can uh, uh, promote and develop. When you look at it from the Rockets' point of view, new coaching staff, new offensive uh, philosophy, you have two stars. What's the best way to rebuild? You mm-hmm. have to trade those stars. So if Westbrook's going to go, I'm almost certain Harden is to follow. 
Uh, there's a lot of talk with the Sixers that they might be involved. So the, the Westbrook card. I was going to say, sorry to interrupt you, before. what it's worth, I don't know if you guys saw that, but James Harden said that he's committed to the Houston Rockets mm-hmm. in terms of staying. So I know players like to talk, but Absolutely. I'm just throwing it out there that he said that out of his mouth. Hey, you got to say the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, the new season is starting December 22nd, 72-game season. Around Christmas time, uh, New Deal broke. Uh, originally thought it would be a 50-game season starting at MLK Day, but they did not want to lose a billion dollars. So we said, you know what, we'll give LeBron uh, one less month to recover. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Conspiracy. Um, you guys have any thoughts on the new 72-game season starting Christmas? Uh, I, I feel bad for those players, man. Yeah. The, the shortest amount of time off in any sport ever or in the history of the four major sports or whatever it was, that's mm-hmm. not fair. And basketball is a grueling sport. I don't care what the hockey fans will tell you or what the football fans will tell you. Football, they only play 16 games. I don't want to hear it. This is 82 – well, 72 grueling games. And you know they're going to pack as many games as they can, as they can in a week. And Oh, sure. Yeah, so if you thought the regular season was boring before, imagine a regular season where players are having multiple games off just to catch up uh, and recover. I, I could foresee LeBron James, you guys mentioned, it gives him one less month to recover. I could see him taking about a week or two every once in a while just so his body can recover. It's it's grueling, man. And, and But I understand why they're doing it. But even then, what, the season's not going to finish until when? August, I think, right? Yeah, was it? Just about. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, I'm not a. And they did that to make sure that they were able to play in the Olympics. Oh God! Wow. Jeez. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan of it. I really. They should have gave him another. You know, another month, or so. You know, like the MLK Day, just push it, give him as much time as possible. But I get it because a lot of the teams didn't play, so you're just like, okay, let's go. But um, yeah, I'm not a fan, but. It is what it is. Yeah, money speaks. Point. Money talks, man. That's what, it's what really what it boils down to is the money. I mean, mm-hmm. and Christmas. I mean, it's the biggest day. It's the it's the NBA season. It's mm-hmm. Christmas time. Unofficially begins uh, the NBA season. That's when it gets real for a lot of these uh, teams and players. So, like, I mean, I'm with Jacob. I get it. I just I, I feel bad. I mean, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be grueling for those guys. Oh yeah, injuries. I I can see I can see a lot happening. Or injuries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quotation marks. <laughs> Devin Booker goes to the wrong uh, whorehouse and <laughs> he pulls a groin. <laughs> the stroke will never be the same. <laughs> what different kind of stroke? <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the only issue I, I have with it is what's going on outside of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the COVID cases, they're rising. And you're expecting these teams to travel across the country uh, with, you know, expecting negative tests. I don't think there's any way they can do this again without a bubble. No. Not um, at all. Can't so do it. I, I think, well, granted, they're doing 72 games. I, I thought they may be able to do 
an Orlando and Vegas bubble, mm-hmm. Eastern Conference, Western Conference, or uh, a three-city bubble where you have where you rotate uh, 24 games apiece and have your team uh, rotate schedule. But finding that third city was the problem. Because, uh, you know, Orlando yeah. and Vegas is one, but the third city, that's where I, I had an issue uh, coming up with one. But... Uh. Hmm. So are they gonna just play like it's like nothing's happening? Are they, they're gonna travel yeah. across the country, not even a regional yeah. schedule like they did in baseball. No. Wow. No. Wow. West Coast trips in the middle of a pandemic, huh? You guys. That's that's gonna be nuts, and I'm trying to imagine how it's gonna happen. But hey. And, and then you have one Canadian team who doesn't have a home, and you're trying to figure out where they're gonna play. So. Rumors are, you know, Memphis, uh, Jersey. There's, there's so many options that they, they don't have one yet. I mean, I had mentioned Seattle before, but it, it looks like Jersey may be the leading uh, option, uh, considering you have the Knicks and Nets there. You can pack oh. as many as you can in that area. I guess. Uh, maybe Buffalo, but uh, <clears throat> expecting these teams to travel across the country for six months while COVID cases are rising is almost, you know, maddening. And they're expecting to have fans. Yeah, good luck with that. Hey. Man. Well, uh, these teams are getting desperate, man. They're getting desperate. They're losing money. I get it. I mean, I understand. It's just, it's, it's a real tragedy is what it is. Yeah. Uh, free agency starting November 20, sorry, November 18th. 18th yeah. Uh, no, 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 that's draft in November 18th. I'll take it as draft, okay. 20, 20 it's right November after November 22nd. There you go. November 22nd. Uh, mm-hmm. Negotiations start on the 20th, but as you know, uh, a lot of these deals backdoor, they've been negotiated and worked out, so um, the, the free agency period is short, but uh, I'm sure a lot of these guys have deals in place already. Now, are they expecting the same, like, big money deals like in years past? Uh, or is it going to – are these players in for a rude awakening uh, this upcoming uh, free agent period? I think the max contract will remain a max contract. Uh, but there, there's not one – like, you would consider max guy out there. I mean, probably the top guy is uh, Van Vliet. Yeah. Yeah. He and wants to get paid. He, yeah, he wants to get paid. <laughs> he even said it. He said, "I want to." He's like, "I want a championship. I want to cash out." Can't blame him. No. Uh, <laughs> like you say, you're looking at guys like Christian Wood and 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 Serge Ibaka. So, um, I, I don't think the, the the money would be an issue. It, it's just really the, the travel uh, with these teams and and uh, the the. The, the grueling schedule, but yeah, free agency should be fast and furious. Mm-hmm. 26. <laughs> fast and furious 26. <laughs> um, next week, NBA draft. Uh, Minnesota with the top pick, Golden State with the second pick. Uh, 
we've been going throughout the weeks, uh, highlighting many of the draft prospects. Uh, our good friend, Mr. Melicio here, very good with spreadsheets, uh, Total Basics Podcast. Explain what goes on on your show. Well, on my show with Sean uh, Connery Finery, that's what I call him. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call him that in, in honor of Sean Connery. So <laughs> it's his fault for having his name rhyme with uh, his last name rhyme with uh, Connery. So <laughs> uh, my, uh, my, our friend uh, Sean, as you guys know, a fellow Mets fan for Jacob and uh, a fellow enemy of you and, and I are Leon. Because, you know, you're a Nationals fan. I'm a Cubs fan. And, oh, there's no rivalry between the Mets and the Cubs. Well, they used to be in the same division a long time ago. And, well, we, I enjoyed when we used to whoop their asses. So, but, no, <laughs> of course. But uh, we basically uh, do player and team evaluations. And, and it's also done selfish for selfish reasons. It's to get an edge on, on our fantasy baseball teams. And we also give fantasy baseball advice, as Jacob would know, from the ass whooping we gave him this year in our fantasy baseball <laughs> league. Right? Injuries. Oh, yeah. Oh, again with the injuries. You're like the 20th person who told me that this year. Hey. The truth. Uh, I I was injured, too. I was injured, too. Juan Soto took him two weeks to get back into the lineup. and (laughs) I'm just saying, Sean and I finished one and two for a reason, because we know what we're talking about, right? That's true. That's true. So, no, so we, we selfishly, we do it from a fantasy baseball perspective, but we're also hoping that a lot, because we're talking now, we're talking about fringe prospects. We're talking bottom of the barrel prospects who we like, and we're hoping that they get, you know, risen as they, you know, play more, practice more, they get coached up and they, or if you're like Lucas Giolito of the White Sox, you, he goes out independently and, and, and figures out how to throw a, a good change up on his own because the coaching staff doesn't know what the hell they're doing. And that's mm-hmm. what we're looking for. We're looking for that kind of uh, uh, trying to stay above every, a step above everybody else. And you guys can stay a step with us by listening every Sunday mornings. And, and it's like, uh, we tell these guys, Hey, I don't know. Give me a good sleeper. Catch us Sunday morning. Catch us outside Sunday morning. <laughs> like, seriously, I mean, we tell you who we're going to pick up, mm-hmm. who we're going to target, who we're looking at in the minors, who we're looking at in the waiver wires, who we're looking at other teams. Like, boy, if it, like Sean will tell you, oh, boy, if Yanni Diaz can just get regular playing at bats, watch out. If he can get regular playing time, watch out for Yanni Diaz. He'll tell you until his, uh, until his face turns blue. And then he gets – and then he ends up with Yanni Diaz. I mean, that's how it works. But, so, <laughs> basically what – so take the so I talk about prospects, right? We talk about prospects all the time because they're the future, like the kids. The kids are our future. Well, it's the same thing here in the NBA. I, 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 I a little different, but it's basically the same. We're we're trying to figure out who the best talent players are, and then once the uh, the talented players are gone, now you're trying to figure out okay, which of these so-called bottom of the barrel, these late round draft picks or potential draft picks, have the best chance to succeed in this league, and it's 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 hard because if you don't have a good combination of skill, talent, and and, and physical ability and, and characteristics, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, go go get a plane ticket to Europe because that's going to be your future, my friend. Just, <laughs> just get it right now. Start learning how to speak Greek, Turkish, Chinese, Japanese, whatever, Australian. Start 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 learning because you ain't going to make it in this league. And uh, you guys do a great job over there. Definitely catch it. I watch it. You know, uh, even if I don't catch it live, I'll catch it, you know, an hour later or so. It's it's really good. I'm using it for my season because I'm coming for your heads. Just letting y'all know. There you go, man. It has to happen. Yeah, we don't we don't advise people to not do what we wouldn't do. So mm-hmm. whatever you whatever notes you're taking down, uh, you already a step ahead of the game, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
on that note, we have uh, provided many of the clips within the group uh, of the prospects. It was a bit harder this year due to no March Madness or the stock um, rising, falling. It's really hard to, to gauge, but the top eight to 10 have really been determined. Uh, luckily, our friend here has a nice spreadsheet. You want to share the, it now? The, yeah, uh, yeah. Of the top prospects in, in the game. Um, we'll go over to Minnesota. They have the number one pick. Uh, usually their needs are a, a point guard, but I, I have a feeling I have a feeling they'll take that pick uh, for an established star. But oh. Booker, yeah, Kevin Booker, yeah, that's the name I keep hearing too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think Booker is going to Minnesota. It, it seems common sense, but you know, common sense is not common yeah. for everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were uh, talking about the rapper. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, he's been he's been good to me lately. Um, of course, last album it was pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, they have D'Angelo Russell. If memory serves me correct, it's the the season has ended like a long time ago. I can't. I, I forgot who was on who now. But they have a they would have a backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker, correct? If the Devin Booker yes. deal goes through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Then they don't need Lamelo Ball here. Hell no. No, so and Lamelo Ball would just be wasted up there. It'd be like with that that one year when they got Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio, and they got another point guard in that one draft. Uh, but they, well, we know that they skipped on Steph Curry that one time. So yeah, yeah there, there is such a thing as too much of a good thing here, that, especially if you don't get it right. Yeah, <laughs> but but no, yeah, so yeah, because you know, as you guys know, I mean, you're a Knicks fan, you would know that a, a, a wrong choice in the draft that's gonna set you back at least three seasons. Jordan Hill, Michael Sweetney. <laughs> I can go on for days, but I won't do it right now. <laughs> I mean, for days, 20 years worth of bad picks from trading, you know, trading a pick that turns into Noah and Aldridge. And, yeah, it just I, I just love watching these guys flourish everywhere else. It, it's real great. It's great. Well, Mike, the only good thing, good thing that Michael Sweetney did was uh, eat at the buffet table for the Bulls. So exactly. that should make you happy. I know. And then, well, and you also gave us Eddie Curry. Yes, oh, thank you. There you go. We that'll, appreciate that'll teach that. Yeah. No, I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Jerome James giving him – anyway. All right, back to the draft. Really quick, so LaMelo Ball is the number one. Uh, according to – this. these are ESPN rankings, not my rankings. I just, I'm just an information gatherer here, so whatever. Okay. But LaMelo Ball uh, is the number one prospect here. Um, he looks like – to be the prototypical point guard. I mean, that's what ESPN has them. Uh, and most of the uh, of these scouting reports come from the dude that used to run the draftexpress.com uh, mm-hmm. before they got bought out by ESPN. So that uh, if you're a blogger or if you're an independent sports writer, that is the dream is to just get picked up by ESPN and let them, uh, let them, let them uh, let you have free will on their website to be able to do all this stuff. And, and then a guy like me can come in and just steal or borrow Hey. For the purposes of his own podcast, but um, so that's the strength. These are the weaknesses. You guys can read them for yourselves. I, I'll try to highlight some of them because I don't oh. want to read the whole thing because I might bore you guys. Oh no, oh, no, no, we're good. I, uh, but fine. basically, but, but basically, he's supposed to be a franchise point guard. And I also have my own comps right here next to these uh, what the projected roles would be. Mm-hmm. And over here is the NBA Draft.net or whatever website I could find because NBA Draft.net was 
being very funky the last couple of days. So, but as you can see, they think that LaMelo Ball is the next Sean Livingston, which... That's fair. That's, that's, that's pretty fair. Yeah, that is fair. I'll say this. He is what Sean Livingston is, like, was supposed to be before his injuries. The dude had everything. He had the size, you know, the floor vision. And coming out of school, he just, you know, his shot was funky and that carried with him. But with LaMelo, I don't, I really don't like his shot because he brings it so low. Like, his set is really low. And then when he has to bring it up, somebody's going to already be in your face. You got to get a quicker release. That's what Lonzo had to do. He had to get a quicker release. And, you know, he started to get a little bit better. But the one thing that you can't deny when it comes to LaMelo Ball is his creativity on the floor. And... He sees he sees he's one step ahead of the game when it comes to being a point guard. I give him that. But sometimes he likes to think he's in, you know, NBA two K and starts dribbling behind his back and he a little bit too much. And I've seen him get stripped a lot of times. And playing like that, you're gonna turn the ball over about five or six times a game. And that's mm-hmm. you know, you can't do that. Yeah, he's a little bit um on the cocky side for sure. He gets that from his daddy for sure, and that's uh, one of his weaknesses. <laughs> his dad is Lavar. And I remember when Lonzo came up, uh out of UCLA, I when I saw him, I, I immediately thought to myself, well, that's Jason Kidd right there. Mm-hmm. And remember, Lonzo was also a top three pick and a, a very highly regarded prospect coming out of college. And, and the same, and just a few clips I've seen of LaMelo, I see uh, visions of Lonzo as well, the bat shot included. But I also see a little bit of Jason Kidd and these kids uh, and the ball brothers here. So, yeah, I know I hate his dad. I've, I've been very uh, vocal about it, but I do like the Ball brothers. I, as Jacob and Leon, you guys would know, I drafted Alonzo in my fantasy basketball draft this year mm-hmm. just because I believe in him. I believe that uh, with the right players around him, the right situation, when the, with the right amount of minutes, Alonzo can succeed in this league. And I same thing with LaMelo. But, yeah, LaMelo needs to uh, simmer down and get a better shot, and maybe he could become the franchise point guard that uh, ESPN thinks he can be. I believe it. I'm, I'm, I wasn't too high on him, but after watching a few more games, like if he cleans up his weaknesses, you know, just to keep him to a minimum, he can be great. I, I can't. I can't say he won't be great. I think he has a chance to do it. Now, are we assuming that Devin Booker will be traded to the Timberwolves, and therefore the Suns will get this pick? That it's a maybe. I mean, I don't think it would happen because the Suns, especially if you pull a deal for Chris Paul. There, there means they're going for it. They're trying to get to the playoffs and make some kind of a run. Yeah. You're not going to trade Booker and then get Chris Paul. It just doesn't make any sense. But it's possible. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But um, but Anthony Edwards though, that Leon had a good point before we were coming on how his stock might be dropping. Yeah. And Leon, what did you hear? Well. Heard he had a bad pro day, his uh, work ethic uh, and his uh, conditioning were really, really bad. Um, stock's been dropping below five. Mm. Uh, I've heard as low as eight to 10, but he is the most offensively gifted player in this draft. Um, I, I still think he goes top three. Uh, Golden State has the second pick. I don't see him going to Golden State. Um, I don't see him going to Charlotte. I could possibly see him going to Chicago, who may have the fourth pick. But uh, as far as Edwards is concerned, he is a offensively gifted uh, scorer, but his defense is god-awful. Oh, yeah. he Watching him at school, he seemed 
uninterested a lot of times, and he just gets caught flat-footed on the defensive end. And as if you're going to be that guy, you're going to at least have to try. Even James Harden, he actually plays defense. <laughs> Surprisingly, it might seem like just because you see all his offensive end, but he actually, you know, he's involved in the defense, quick hands. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that, um, that comparison. I'll say he's more of a, he can be more of a Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, and maybe mm-hmm. a Dwayne Wade. Even though Dwayne Wade wasn't pretty good on the defensive end himself, I, I would yeah. like, I will say a Mitchell rather than James Harden, because James Harden is a walking bucket, and I don't know if Anthony Edwards is that. He can score in college, yeah, absolutely. But the shot has to get a little bit better. Free throw shooting, he has to get better. So there's a few things that he has to, like consistency, like you said, he has to get better on before you can even, you know, get towards James Harden. So I like the Donovan Mitchell comp rather than James Harden on that one. Yeah, I was leaning towards Mitchell, but it's I, I did it partially to be funny. I mean, a guy who could score from anywhere, explosive, and his defense wanes from time to time. It just sounded like James Harden, the star scoring oh. guard. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of even the, more of the reputation than the actual reality that maybe this is James Harden, especially if he's going to be the number two prospect in this draft. I, I hey, if you're if you're picking number two and this is a top two prospect, you better be getting a home run here. Mm-hmm. And I know the chances of that are hap- of that happening are are what would you guys say 60-40? 50-50, but for all intents and purposes, oh, right. if you're if you're one of these top five teams, if you're if you're drafting Anthony Edwards, he better be something close to James Harden, D. Wade, or Donovan Mitchell, let alone. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, no, I mean, I, I mean, I like Anthony Edwards. Uh, even from, like this past summer when I was reading about him, I, 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 he kind of like just popped up and he was more impressive to me just reading about him as opposed to LaMelo, even though I do like me a good point guard like LaMelo Ball. But one thing about Anthony Edwards, uh, he's a pretty unique guy. If, you know, if he has his head on straight and, has his weight under control. He's at 225. At least he's listed as that at, from ESPN. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, if you're saying that there's already concerns about his conditioning, then we might have another problem. And Anthony Bennett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a whole list of other NBA players too, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, Number three, James Wiseman, the uh, center out of Memphis. Uh, uh, left school a bit early. Uh, I, I, I forgot the reason he left, but um, highly touted prospect. Uh, Golden State, really looking into him. Uh, you've seen the videos in the group, uh, mobile, quick, uh, very good footwork, um, defensive presence. Um, is <clears throat> his offensive game could use uh, some work as far as his footwork. Mm-hmm. But um, as you see, comp, uh, John Collins. And I'm a huge fan of John Collins. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm sorry, uh, Hassan Whiteside. I could see uh, that. Defensive, defensive presence. But, you know, we'll uh, see what happens with uh, James Wiseman. What, what's your thoughts on that? Um, He's... He's good. I mean, he basically, he went, well, he left school because they told him whoever he listened to said he was going to be a top five draft. And when you listen to your agents and stuff like that, and they know, hey, you're going to get picked there. 
you don't really have a choice. Well, you have a choice, but if you're going to be top five or you're going to risk it all, get injured, and then you drop, you got to take that chance of, you know, going top five. But Wiseman, I like, I really think he's going to go to the Warriors because they need that interior presence. That's all they need. They're going to be on the warpath coming back. Everybody, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, oh, the Lakers, the Clippers. Let's not forget about Golden State. Clay is in his prime. Steph is in his prime. Draymond, you know, he's slowing down a little bit, but still, you know, you have him, you have Pascal, and they have a few pieces on that bench that can, you know, make an impact. But Wiseman, you put him right there, you know, all he got to do is be like a Mitchell Robinson for us, just protect the rim. And plus, he has a game. He has a nice little mid-range, lefty, mid-range game. That's all you really need. I mean, especially with Golden State, when you get the ball here and there, if he misses a shot, you know, get your little putback rebounds, get some points off there. He could be a easy 12 and 10 guy with two blocks a game, especially on that team and that system. And Minnesota, it wouldn't make any sense because they already got Towns. You know, um, Charlotte, well, he could go to Charlotte, but him and Devontae Graham, that would be really interesting. But Golden State, I think they would be really silly to pass him up because that's their one pressing need is center. And you have it right there. If he turns into a white side, you can see Golden State back into the finals again. Yeah, I really like this kid, man. Like, the more I read about him, the more I, I excited I got. And I'm hoping the Bulls get him, but mm-hmm. they already have Wendell Carter and Laurie Markin in the front court, so I'm pretty sure they're going to pass on him. I know they got their eyes set on this, the, the, uh, the, the kid from mm-hmm. Israel. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're going to get a – kid from Israel, right? But <laughs> Wiseman, I mean, you can't teach height. You can't teach length. I mean, and, and he can – it sounds like he could jump out of the gym. I, I like players like that, you know, a, a guy who could play center and protect the rim and just be that imposing figure. That's why I put him at, as the next Dwight Howard, you know, top three pick. Um, it, it, I, and as you guys may or may not know, I am a big fan of Dwight Howard uh, in terms of, like, what he uh, did for his career back, especially with the Magic, mm-hmm. where he basically was the number one dominant center yes. in, in basketball. For a long uh, time. In the NBA for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we only remember him from the Lakers when he had back issues and he had to deal with Kobe Bryant and telling him to put on his big boy pants. And <laughs> it was not a very good uh, – environment for him to uh you know grow or what uh, whatnot and you notice that he's now has a championship with lebron james who different type of player there um <laughs> in terms of the intangibles but no i'm this is the guy i'm excited for and i, I agree with jacob uh, maybe the warriors would be a better fit um sorry i, I pressed on my button here okay. it would have been a better fit for them but they do have a couple of centers uh, unless you know i'm missing something on their free agents or whatever but they have the marquise chris and uh kevin looney as well there so you go. yeah so yeah so maybe they're hesitant maybe they'll you know trade down or whatever and try to see if they can get more depth uh uh with their team but yeah if you get james wiseman I, I would be a very excited basketball fan, no matter where, where he goes. Uh, I mean, he can go to Cleveland, Atlanta. Well, maybe not Atlanta, but, <laughs> but yeah. Or, or, yeah, or Charlotte, because Charlotte has a bunch of uh, unathletic centers, last I checked, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you're right about that one. I mean, they have – do they still got – what's the name, Cody Zeller? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> is he small? I don't know who's small in the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, Michael Jordan just – Hey, you help much as you help the Bulls, you got you. Oh Lord, you suck as a damn owner and GM, whatever the hell he is. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know either. All right. Yeah, Cody Zeller. Wow. Yeah, he's 
Ooh. Well, I like Miles Bridges. Yeah, he he got something there. That's about it. And Devontae <laughs> Graham he found. But center, it ain't no Alonzo Morton walking through that door, everybody. Yeah. Number four, Denny Avija. There you go. Uh, forward from Israel. Uh, proficient in the pick and roll, but a very poor shooter. Uh, comp, Hidu Turklu. Now, Turklu is, 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 a, is a bit weird because, yeah, he could shoot and his vision, his vision was was very very good with Orlando, even though his he was incredibly slow and and, mm-hmm. and injured most of the time. Uh, Avija, I could see him going to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a need at, at the wing spot, and they're picking five. So uh, going in with those fast guards, um, the bad shooter. Cleveland lacks shooting, but you know, coming over from Israel, the, the international game usually at a faster pace. So I, I don't think you'll have an, an issue picking it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my only thing with him, with uh, Denny here, is that he just sounds like he's a like he has this old man game to him. You know, it's it's more craft than than athleticism, and which I guess the Bulls kind of need a player like that because they already have, like I mentioned, Laurie Market and Wendell Carter, so they need a wing player who can be steady, but man, I just, I have a bad feeling about him, um, about uh, Abdija as, um, you know, I, I compared him to a, a, a like having, being productive as, uh, as an old Thaddeus Young, and I do like Thad Young a lot, mm. but, you know, I don't know, I'm not, I'm just not sure if this is ex- what the Bulls are looking for, but I mean, in a way they are, but it's just that something about him is just, is making me very uh, murky about him. Like, this is a potential bust for the Bulls. But it's like, they're, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't, basically. You know, they, they if they don't do it, then they're going to get one of these other athletic players and who that, that have no skill, they, they can't distribute the ball and facilitate for others. But if they pick up Denny, I mean, he has limited upside from what I'm reading. Um, and he can be neutralized by more athletically gifted players. So we'll see it. Uh, but more than likely, this is who the Bulls are going to pick, just from what I've been reading, what I've been hearing, that they like this kid a lot, that they fi- that he uh, fits a need for them, like you guys mentioned. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. But uh, I'm just le- I'm just for the record, I'm letting you all know I am not very excited for this. <laughs> I would have been more excited for James Wiseman, but, you know, <laughs> that's not how the Bulls operate, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I definitely like Denny. I mean, obviously, he has some – He's going to have some comparisons to Luca, how he can actually on that side of the floor with vision and, you know, his feel for the game. But, you know, Luca could shoot. <laughs> uh, so yeah. you kind of, yeah, Turgaloo, uh, a poor man's Turgaloo is fine. And I can definitely see the Bulls taking him. I, I, or they can go point guard like a Killian Hayes maybe because he fits their system pretty well. Yeah, but I saw I, that too. Uh, for a long time, Killian Hayes was supposed to go to the Bulls, and I'm more excited for Killian Hayes than I am for uh, Denny Avija. Uh, yeah. But even Killian Hayes comes with his own set of problems, and oh, he's absolutely. also a born player. But um, like I said, I'm more excited for him. But I think the other problem is that they already got Kobe White. They so. got to let him play. They That kid, he can be good. Just let him play. Give him his 25 to 30 minutes and yeah. let him rock out. Do you guys still have – um? 
Chris Dunn? Because he made some strides before, you know, stoppage-wise and, you know, going back to last year. Yeah, I'm not sure what the contract situation is. I'm actually trying to look for a good website to tell me what the rotation will be, uh, mm. in, you know, uh, and take into account uh, free agent status. And mm. I'm not seeing anything that is satisfying my thirst for knowledge. But Chris Dunn, according to ESPN, still on the depth chart for the Chicago Bulls. So maybe it's one of – and they got uh, Tomas Sadoransky, who I thought he signed for a multi-year deal as well, huh. if memory serves me correct. Mm-hmm. So maybe Killian Hayes would not be a good fit in terms of uh, getting a player to help out right away. Yeah, um, he'll be buried be in the depth chart. So. Mm-hmm. so then it might be it. Oh, Onikia Okangwu, uh, number five listed here, center from USC. Uh, very mobile, very quick. Comparisons to John Collins. I got one. Uh, yeah, I, I like that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive game is a little lacking, but um, high motor, uh, good shot blocker, and it, it looks like he. I, I I like him in Charlotte as well. If uh, Wiseman is gone, um, number six is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I could see Atlanta moving the pick, um, someone moving up. But uh, what's, what's your thoughts on Okongwu? I like him. I, I like the Collins comp, but I'm going to go with Bam because he's actually an offensive threat on the floor. And he's a he's a really good two-way player. And I'm like, he reminds me of Bam. He's, he's just explosive. And then he gets down there and he actually, you know, he puts a body on people in the paint. He's not scared to use his size. And like... Felipe has up there, you know, his strength is there, leaping ability, versatile defender. That's that's Bam right there. <laughs> Everybody saw Bam play, and everything pretty much it fits him. And any team he goes to, they're gonna have a gym because he pretty much burst on the scene out of nowhere. And that's my only thing is that he's only six nine. Uh, otherwise, I mean, lob catching, shot blocking center is what the projected role is. And that's basically James Wiseman, who I just spoke glowingly about not too long ago. Uh, I, so, yeah, at the very least, he's DeAndre Jordan, right? He just – I just go up and get it, big fella. <laughs> but he's not as tall, though. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's why uh, I'm a little hesitant to really be enamored with him as I am with James Wiseman. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot to like here. There's, but he's just raw, just raw everywhere. That's why I compared yeah. him to Amir Johnson, same height, same mm. weight, uh, more give or take a few pounds here and there. Uh, but yeah, uh, just the guys who can just go up and get it because yeah, he does have leaping ability. Mm-hmm. He's not just a, a stone, he's not a statue, he can actually move around. So that's that's to like. But what's going to happen when he does face like a seven foot talented player? Uh, that is going to bang with him down low. Is he going to get overpowered? Is his leaping ability going to be enough to uh, protect the rim for any of these teams? Uh, I mean, if he goes to the Hornets and Cody Zeller's still there, you know, being the statue, then it might work, but they both play center. So who knows how that is going to fit well. Uh, Basically, I don't see both of those players uh, being on the floor at the same time too much is what I'm trying to say here. No, absolutely not. <laughs> you look at John Collins. You look at uh, Blake Griffin type. Um, they were high explosive jumpers. They eventually gained uh, mid range, extended their range to the three point line. 
So with some time and some work, maybe in two, three years, he'll extend his range out to the three-point line, add to his game, and be that top five pick. Mm-hmm. And that, that's always the uh, promise, right, Leon? And uh, that's always the hope. But uh, unfortunately, that's not how it works in the NBA, right? You only get <laughs> – I mean, it used to be – and this is for any sport. You used to get like five years to look back at a draft and, and really evaluate things and, and giving, and you give yourself some time, but and it's somehow along the way, it's not like two, it's now like two or three years. Like you better have a hit on your, on your plate here with these players. And even then three years might be too long, like three years, you might get traded to, I don't know, to Memphis or something. And, and that, now you're competing with other players just like you who have failed elsewhere. That's where big men go to die, it seems like. I don't know. Memphis is the first team. Or worse, the Pelicans. At least they have Lonzo Ball, right? But for how long? So, it's, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, it sucks. And, and, and that's one, one of these things that's, that's so intriguing about the NBA draft for me every year is that, you know, you get excited for these rookies. You, 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 you watch them on draft night, and they get all excited, and they get, that, they get their name called up, and, they, and they're in tears, and, and, and they got – parents and coaches to think and and it's it's a wonderful i mean i i never miss it it's it's like i told my wife it's the it's the emmys the grammys the oscars the mtv awards and the final season of lost rolled into one (laughs) (laughs) that's why i I, don't bother me wednesday night next wednesday because i'm gonna watch but then reality hits right Mm -hmm. they're gonna be facing guys in their second or third year who already have an advantage just by being there already two three years already into the game and yeah, it, 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 this, like I said, Akangu has great athletic skills. I'm mean, sorry, athletic attributes, but he better develop some ball handling skills. He better develop some uh, uh, moves in the post. Otherwise, he's going to get eaten alive by some of these more seasoned uh, veterans. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. At number six, uh, one of my favorites, Obi Toppin from Dayton. Sure. Uh, explosive dunker. Really came on late uh, in the season. Um, the, the March Madness being canceled really, uh, I don't know if it hurt him or if it helped him. Uh, but I think it hurt him. Leon. Yeah. I think it really hurt him. Because he could have been in top three. I was seeing him go number one in a lot of these mock drafts during uh, the spring. Number one player in the league, especially with NBA Draft.net. Mm-hmm. That was a number one player. And then I, I look uh, last couple of weeks, and he's now dropping to number six. Like, what happened here? And he might have gotten exposed from too much time off, maybe. I don't know. Could be. But, yeah. Um, go ahead, Leon. Oh, no. Uh, so, it's listed 6'9", 220. Uh, plays center in college. I was going to play that in the NBA. but. Uh, comparisons to Aaron Gordon. Uh, Aaron Gordon came in uh, much like Blake Griffin, Dunker, and he extended his range out to the three-point line uh, after two, three years. Uh, Kenyon Martin, uh, who I loved, uh, big Dunker, uh, explosive to the rim. Um, I, I like his game. You can see him going from anywhere to one to five, uh, fit any team. Um, there's a lot to like uh, about Obi Toppin. I think he's NBA ready. Oh yeah, body is there. Yeah, you know, broad shoulders. He's actually, you know, Brooklyn guy. So I'm kind of good to hear that. Uh, but he's he's really skilled, and he's just. I think he shot forty over forty percent from three. 
Um, and he reminds me, Kenya Martin, I like that comp too. A little bit of Amari Stoudemire, you know Amari had those wide shoulders and he wasn't the prototypical four because he can actually, it was a mismatch because he was really quick and his footwork was really good. I can see Obi getting there and being an impact player right, right away. But, you know, granted, the right system. That's how, As you know, that's how it usually goes. You get put in the right system, you're going to flourish no matter where you are. Um, like I said, the modern day four, knock down the three, you know, two or three, three-pointers a game. I can see it happening. And I want to see where he's going to go. Cleveland will be really interesting since Kevin Love, you know, probably will get traded. Mm. I, I can see it happening because, you know, you got to move on now. I mean, somebody will take him. He still can shoot. He's still – he's a good leader. I mean, when he's healthy, he's a good leader on the floor. You know, good veteran. Still can get you a double-double per game if he stays – once again, if he stays on the floor. Um, but Obi, yeah, he, he's a good one. That's another one I, like, really watch play, and he impressed me. And Obi uh, staying in Ohio, how there? He's out of Dayton. <laughs> we'll stay in Cleveland. There you go. Yeah. Hey, good story not? there. Definitely. Yeah. Good kid, too. Number seven. Uh, Detroit has that pick. We see here Isaac Okoro um, out of Auburn. Defensive uh, wizard. Uh, really bad shooter in college, but looking to be a 3 and D type guy. Um, see a comparison here to Stanley Johnson or Karan mm -hmm. Butler. Uh, Tough juice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Isaac Okoro? Damn, Stanley Johnson. That damn, that hurt. That was, I like Stanley Johnson. I I'm like going, him coming out of college too. I, I know, man. I know, man. But I'm I'm crying in a corner. Somebody caught me to him. <laughs> just, damn. Good. Well, I mean, Lord. same height, same weight. They uh, Stanley true. Johnson. Uh, I think he. I think the reason I put him up here is because he averaged double digits last year. If, yeah, Thursday, right? Oh yeah, he definitely came on. I don't. I think what didn't help him was just not a lot of playing time. And, of course, he was the man in Arizona, and some players just can't take it. When you're the man at one place, and then you go to another, and you're just another guy on the bench, and you're just like, damn, that it hurts. But yes. Okoro, he definitely – I won't say Karan Butler because Karan Butler can actually – once again, he can shoot. He could shoot. So you can't really – but Stanley Johnson, I, I, that's actually fair now that I think about it. But, you know, he's going to be an elite defender. And, you know, defense always transfers from college to the NBA. If you can play defense there, that means you got the footwork and versatility on the floor to keep in front of other, you know, the offensive players. And Okoro, if he can get a nice little shot, shoot 45%, I would say he can be – yeah, I could say a Karan Butler. It, it could be there. But he can I'm be a good sorry. Uh, and I, just to correct myself, no, Stanley Johnson had a horrible year last year. I don't know what I was thinking. I but, thought he actually was okay. Uh, apparently, uh, he only averaged 2.4 points. Uh, I think the reason I, I compared him to Stanley Johnson is because of the bad three-point shooting there, Jacob. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. Okay. Actually, bad shooter all over. Two-point percentage is bad. Everything's bad oh. about Stanley Johnson. So, oh. that's what I see out of Bicycle Coral, unfortunately. Hey, hey, you had me. You had me all shocked. And I was like, wait, he did good? Okay. Yeah, I don't know the hell I was looking. I'm sorry, guys. I, I dropped the ball there. But actually, it's uh, Coral dropped the ball for being a terrible three-point shooter. 
to be compared to Stanley Johnson here. Yes, I'm tired. Sit in the corner. Sit in the corner. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Okoro, elite defender. You know, he can be uh, maybe a Tony Allen kind of guy if he learns a shot. Mm. Lockdown. I mean, Ruben Patterson. You know, Kobe stopper, Kobe stopper, Kobe stopper. Ah, yeah, that. Everybody needs a Kobe stopper, bro. I mean, you have to. Hey, isn't that role playing a little bit of defense? <laughs> but yeah, that's. And with the, yeah, with the number seven pick, it's, uh, that's Detroit. I, I doubt they take another Stanley Johnson, so. They pick him. Um, <laughs> yeah. They pick him. It, 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 it sounds like Killian Hayes uh, oh. going, going there. Sure. Why? They got Derrick Rose over there. Why would you pick uh, Killian Hayes? Don't do that to D. Rose, man. Hey, hey, hey. This Career is me resurgence. Being, this is me being enthusiastic about Derrick Rose. <laughs> we all know how you feel about Derrick Rose. Uh, no, I don't think you guys do. I, <laughs> I play hard for my city because they can't watch me play all the time, so I play hard for them. <laughs> Unless you got to go to Los Angeles, then. Hey, that bank shot, though, will live, in, live forever in his face. Mm-hmm. The stone face, that at, man. At number eight, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Uh, we had some video on him in group. Uh, really weird-looking shot, but uh, it, 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 is, it is pretty good. I'll uh, take over, 30, over 38%. Can't create his own shot, a little scrawny, but uh, a potential 3 and D player, the comparison to Seth Curry. Shit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that just blurted out. I'm sorry. Um, I, actually, I, for the Knicks, so, I think they're, gonna, they're high on him. I will say I was high on Halliburton because I watched him a lot last year until he got hurt. The shot is funky. But it goes in, and he is actually one of the most rounded players in the draft after really doing research on him. And he plays – he's a good defensive player. You know who he reminds me of? Well, look why. He reminds me of Kevin Ollie. I don't know why, but he reminds me of Kevin Ollie. But mm-hmm. he's going to be better, and I wouldn't mind it because we need all the help. When you talk about needs, everything. <laughs> um but like I said, six five, he can he can grow into his body. He can you know get up to about one ninety to two hundred pounds, and he'll still be good. But creating your own shot for a point guard, it would be nice to have. But with RJ, he's an actual, you know, he's a slasher. You need somebody that can hit through. We had no point guards that can shoot. All right, Dennis Smith couldn't shoot. Payton damn sure couldn't shoot. Who who else? Who else? The name Mama on that team couldn't shoot. Everybody. <laughs> All right, nobody can shoot, and you put him in there. If he can knock down 38, 39%, I'm happy with that. And he can maybe be the franchise point guard. I'm not throwing anything out there, but it's possible. But Tyrese Halliburton, will I be mad? No, but I'm still a Cole Anthony fan. I don't care what anybody says. Every Nick fan can get on me this. I like Cole Anthony over him because he, I think that kid has it. And then when he's killing it, you know, on Boston or something like that, I don't want to hear it. But that's all I have to say about that. And my Forrest Gump voice. <laughs> no, there's a lot to like about Tyrese Halliburton. Um, yeah, he, 
I don't know why I put Seth Curry. Probably because of his shooting ability. And then when they yeah. when they project him to be a secondary ball handling, mm. uh, three and D player, I just say, well, I mean, Seth Curry, I guess. I, was, I mean, there's they're both kind of uh, light, mm. so so to speak, even though they're kind of tall. Although Seth, I I I fail to realize that he's a lot shorter than six five. He's actually six uh, yeah. two. So maybe that's not the correct comparison. Uh, Dante Exum is what NBA Draft.net is going with, which I don't see that either. I don't understand mm-hmm. how that's possible, but uh, I think I like the Exum comparison more than I do my Seth Curry comparison. Mm-hmm. But uh, everything I read about Tyrese Halliburton is that he is a shooter, like he can shoot mm-hmm. uh, uh, un- yeah. undeniable range. And uh, yeah, so if he if he's gonna be just there to be you know, standing on the three-point line, waiting for the ball to come back to him so he could shoot the rock, then that's, I think that's why I had him as Seth Curry. But, yeah, as you can see, he struggles in the half court, mm-hmm. can't create his own offense. So, kind of like Seth Curry, right? He's just kind of, <laughs> just kind of needs someone else to facilitate for him. And I think that's why I, I did that comparison. But I'm, not, I'm kind of second-guessing myself at, at, at that pick because of the height differential. So It's hard. Um, it's hard to really compare these players because you're just yep. like, uh, and plus when you don't see enough of their games, it's just like, oh, how can you really do this? But no, that's I can see a Steph Curry, man. If, like, listen, you name your name Curry, you can shoot, all right? <laughs> that's that's how that works. Dell, I mean, maybe uh, maybe Dell Curry would be the better comparison. Hey, uh, hey man, all daddy, <laughs> all daddy taught was jumpers. I say that for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, he's well, I like him. I like that kid. He's he can be a good one. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, no, nah, it, it, it so we'll see if he can like add some more bulk and more weight because that's mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of these short guys. It's, I mean, he's only he's six five, but for a lot of these guys, their demise is that they can't pack any more pounds. Mm-hmm. And coaches have short leashes on those guys, like, all right, if you're gonna get pushed around on defense, then get on the bench. I'll, I'll put in some scrub <laughs> can't who can't score, who's not a fluid athlete, mm-hmm. but at least he won't embarrass me on defense. So that, that's always the risk with these types of players. Mm-hmm. And you know how Tibbs is. You know oh. better than anybody else about defense. And that's and that's what I say about him. Yeah, he's going to he, – I don't know if he's going to run him to the ground. Yeah, I won't say that yet. But this team needs to get tougher, and that's the perfect coach. You need – and that's what, if you watch the Knicks with their coach and how they play, they play with no toughness. At mm-hmm. all, no, whatsoever. It wasn't existent, and I, I wanted this for a long time, and this is, I'm happy. I'm just like, yeah, not run the kids into the ground, but make them play their ass off. Make them play. You gotta <laughs> listen. You say he didn't coach Jimmy Butler. He damn sure did because I think without Thibodeau, you wouldn't see Butler playing like the way he is. Damn near about to die, but he, hey, he's carrying his team on his back, and sometimes the toughest coaches they help you with that. I'm just saying he didn't give him enough enough playing time until Luol Deng was hey. he couldn't stand on his legs anymore. <laughs> I I used to ask Bulls fans all the time, hey, when especially when he got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, mm. I used to ask him all the time, how old do you think Luol Deng is? <laughs> and they would tell me, I don't know, 32, 33 years old. No, he got traded at the age of 29, <laughs> and he was already done. That's hey, a big factor. Hey, he got that big contract. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, I'll give him that. <laughs> Eventually, he got that big contract. Absolutely. Still a good player, though. Give him that. (laughs) (laughs) Number nine, Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Uh, Listed 6'8", 225. 
seven-foot wingspan, good with speed, good shooter, real high upside pick. Um, still learning the game a bit. Projected to be a 3 and D combo forward, Jeff Green or OG and Anobi. Uh, hmm. You guys watched a lot of Pat Williams, Florida State. What's your thoughts on the number nine projected pick? He's, he's really good. Yeah, I do like that Jeff Green pick because Jeff Green at Georgetown was a 3 and D guy. And that 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 was spot on for you. That, that's, uh, that was money right there. <laughs> he, he's really good. I used to shit on these uh, on these uh, uh, comparisons on TV on ESPN, mm-hmm. but doing it for myself mm-hmm. has I have learned to appreciate what these guys go through to try to get a, a comparison out. Sometimes they're like way out of nowhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't think of any good examples, but I remember Jalen Rose did one that was so dumb that I just threw <laughs> my remote at the TV. But after doing this exercise myself, it, it, it's pretty damn difficult. Like you mentioned before, it's pretty damn difficult to come up with that right uh, comparison. And mm-hmm. Jeff Green, like you mentioned, at one time was going to be that guy for mm-hmm. the Thunder. Remember, he the big three was Kevin Durant, yep. Russell Westbrook, Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, yeah, that's a good one because he had the strength and Jeff Green had a lot of strength. Good athlete. Jeff Green was a great athlete, you know, in his younger days. You know, his wingspan is there. Um He's just all good around. Like, he just has to, like I say, raw. He's young. A lot of them, you know, your offense will be raw. And, you know, once he gets on a team, like maybe like a San Antonio, if he can get there, that's somewhere you want to go because he, you'll learn there. And with Florida State, with their offense, it wasn't really just one core guy. It was a team effort. Like, a guy, you know, one more on the list, Devin Vassell, that's his teammate. They both ran off each other. They didn't put up big numbers, but they had an all-around game that you can use and they could be successful because they were good core guys that you can just put in any system and they will flourish. So Patrick Williams, though, that's a, that's another good one. And I'll take a Jeff Green on my team any day because Hart is – man, he had it. He has it still. He's still playing. Well, he, had a, he had a replacement heart, right? Wasn't that mm-hmm. the thing with Jeff Green? Yeah, he had, yep, he had heart surgery and, hey – Look at him now. Nobody thought he would play again. Yeah, that's true. Hey. But yeah, I like Patrick Williams, though. That's a that's a good one. Number nine, uh, uh projected team uh, the Washington uh, Wizards. Uh, they have a number nine pick. Ooh, boy, oh boy. I don't know about all that. Ooh, um yeah. wow, yeah. Hmm. Number ten pick is Phoenix. Uh here on the list is Killian Hayes. Next. Uh, <laughs> six five, one ninety two <laughs> guard out of France. Uh, strong frame, good athlete, very creative passer, and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of lefties. But he's not explosive, and you know, tends to take a back seat uh, with inconsistent defense. So, comparisons to D'Angelo Russell and Kirk Heinrich. So. My God! Well, what's your thoughts on Killian Hayes? I got this one, Felipe. Let you me mentioned this. you want this one? Yeah, go ahead, take it, take it. I got uh, this. One. I was just gonna mention that you know you guys mentioned the Spurs. Uh, they're they're at number eleven. Wouldn't that be something if uh, if Popovich gets another kid from France to uh, mm-hmm. 
be his point guard of the future. He's not going to like the lack of defense, though, I'll tell you that much. But mm-hmm. I like this kid a lot. I remember I said I read about him over the summer. I thought the I just read that the Bulls were going to get him. And even though we got Kobe White last year, mm-hmm. I got super excited when I saw Killian Hayes' name show up. But, of course, that's not going to happen um, for the Bull. And especially if, if Killian, uh, his uh, draft stock keeps dropping. So I, I think the Spurs would be a better fit mm-hmm. uh, at this point just because of the uh, – of the uh, just because he'll be you know any any player that goes to Greg Popovich if they could survive you know him and his mind games and the screaming <laughs> you might have something here I mean it's it seems like he, Popovich turns these scrubs into productive players and that that's that's something right mm-hmm. but yeah man if he could just if he could just uh, boy oh boy if he could just prove that that he wasn't a fluke in France that he wasn't just taking advantage of the of the of the low la- level mm-hmm. talent down uh, in Europe uh, that would be something if he could just uh, continue to progress with his under the rim skill levels or, or, or talents or yeah attributes that would be something I mean you would you could see a special player here and that's why I got him uh, uh, compared to D'Angelo Russell because you know I, I also like D'Angelo Russell I thought he had a a pretty raw deal. I mean, he did it to himself, but he had a pretty raw deal in Los Angeles. And now you're seeing what he did after Los Angeles. And he became uh, this poor man's version of James Harden. Um, and I'm not saying that Killian Hayes would be close to it, but if he could, I mean, they're both left-handed. Mm-hmm. You might, I mean, any team that picks him up in this slow, in this spot uh, after the top 10, I mean, that that's a, uh, that's a hell of a pick right there. I don't know why. I, I have an idea why NBA draft.net went with Kirk Heinrich, but oh, yeah. remember Kirk Heinrich was the only player in that draft class to, uh, in his rookie year with LeBron James, D Wade and uh, mm-hmm. Carmelo Anthony to record a triple double. Yes, sir. So there you go. I love Six. Kirk Heinrich. Yeah, me too. That go ahead. That was my guy. But Killian Hayes, it seems like we got another six, five kid from France, not too long ago, but he plays defense. But, oh. um, I mean, I give him. Yeah, Frank can play some defense now, but I'm just trying to uh, figure out. You know, you picked this guy because I know he was projected to go to the Knicks. There's another one I saw where he was projected to go to the Knicks. But you got another young kid from France trying to learn the NBA game. I, I don't know how that would work. I think we. That's why I kind of lean toward Halliburton because he's more. He played in a college system and he kind of he's more NBA ready. I think, but. I just, yeah, I let him go to the Spurs. That's a better, once again, that's a better spot for him. But, yeah, he's too many. He's quick. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I don't know. I don't, hmm. D'Angelo, he can, oh, man. How was Killian? <laughs> I don't know. This, this is kind of tough because I'm trying to think. I've saw a few clips of him, and his shooting was decent. But D'Angelo. Yeah. I mean, he was, he's no D'Angelo Russell, but. No, but that's my hope. That, I mean, that's how much I like him. Like, hey, I'm not even looking at the negatives with him because if you guys know me, I'm a very negative, moody person. Mm-hmm. But that's how much I like this Killian Hayes kid. It's like, hey, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. Meanwhile, just uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. What, who was my comp? Uh, it was uh, uh, Seth Curry. <laughs> so, so that should tell you all you need to know uh, uh, <laughs> my, uh, how much I like this kid. And I'm probably going to get torched in the future when people see this but uh there's a lot to like here for in my from my viewpoint i mean oh no for sure absolutely 
Yeah, the, the 6'5", 192, I believe, uh, if, if memory serves me right, I think I did that because uh, D'Angelo Russell has similar um, height and weight. Mm -hmm. uh, D'Angelo Russell, 6'4", 193. This guy, 6'5", 192. Give or take an inch. So, uh, uh, so yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he, he does lack a little bit of uh, athleticism, but – D'Angelo Russell, last I checked, he wasn't like this dunker or this no. um, this high leaper. What he does have is a lot of skill, which Killian Hayes will hopefully, for any of these teams, like the Spurs, will get there one day. But, I mean, that, that's the game you play in this NBA draft, isn't it? You just, you're hoping that they become close to their comparisons. For sure. Yeah, well, what you make up for with athleticism, you usually use craftiness. That's how most lefties work. Yep. That's true. Uh, Good point. Uh, number 10, I believe was Phoenix. Number 11 is San Antonio. And here we have Devin Vassell, uh, Pat Williams' teammate from Florida State. Great length, disrupts offense, very good shooter. Uh, and he has the potential to improve his shot-creating skills. Uh, but can he add to his frame, uh, defensive awareness, backdoor, and lack explosiveness comparisons to Justin Holiday and Kelly Oubre who turned out to be pretty serviceable uh NBA players in their own right mm -hmm. Devin Vassell uh what's your thoughts here Vassell it's another one of those in this draft that's that's a common theme three and D he is a three and D guy he can he can shoot he was over 40 percent as well in college not being a main guy, he was in a nice system at Florida where they spread the ball around a lot. And, you know, he he could make it. He created a few on some possessions. He can create his own shot here and there. They just need him to do it more. And plus, in that system, you didn't have to do that. But he can definitely shoot. Defense is on point. He can be an elite defender. And like just like Miles Bridges, he's another one. Just like Miles Bridges. He can lock you down. He can shoot a nice clip for – from three, actually, and that's pretty much it for that kid. I mean, I saw like a few games. It wasn't a lot of him either, but I knew we. I saw the game where, oh, man, what was it? I forgot how many threes he hit. But other than that, just another three and D player. Nothing too flashy about him, and he is intriguing, but nothing I haven't seen before. I mean. He'd be a great fit in San Antonio too, and like just everybody. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, but him especially because I mean, Spurs would have he would have to deal with Derek White, Demar Derozan. Although Derozan is listed as a small forward out of necessity, but mm -hmm. Devin Devin Vassell uh, as a shooting guard of the future for that for the Spurs. I mean, mm -hmm. he might he that 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 might be a good fit for him uh, after all. Uh, otherwise, what he might go to? What are we looking at here? This, the the Kings maybe, but they they got yeah, a guy over. There, don't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's not gonna work. Uh, this <laughs> is the Saints, the Pelicans maybe. So, oh, uh, I what do they have? Well, they 12, got a lot of shooters. Twelve is Sacramento. Thirteen is the Pelicans. Fourteen is Boston. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to Boston. Nah. I don't think Boston yeah. takes him. Uh, and the Pelicans have Ball and Holiday and Brandon Ingram, but yeah, he's yeah, this kid would be screwed. He'd be buried in, in the um, in the depth chart of the Pelicans. 
uh, if if this roster is correct here on ESPN that I, as I'm looking at it. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, th- no, this is the this is the black hole now, isn't it? This that the this you're outside the top ten, and this now your prospects of uh, doing anything in this league is, are dropping. So so good luck to this kid as uh, he's in like a no man's <laughs> land. Mm-hmm. Number twelve, uh, pick Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento pick here. Uh, here we have listed Precious Chua. Uh, Bless you. <laughs> James <laughs> James Wiseman's teammate from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, power forward. Great physical attributes. Uh, defensive versatility. But very raw and really needs to improve his offensive game. Uh, comparisons here to Josh Smith and Mo Harkless. Hmm. Uh, what you guys got here? Precious, precious. Uh, well, when, when Wiseman went down, you know he stepped into the limelight on the team, and he is like a premier running jump athlete. You know he can get up there. He's he's tough, and he reminds me of more of a Harrell, pretty much Montrez Harrell. You know he can run up and down the floor. Shows lots of energy. You know, he's not a good ball handler at all. <laughs> I mean, but, nah, he can definitely, it's much to be desired on defense, but, you know, he can work on that. Um, he shot actually 32% from three, which isn't bad for him. I mean, you got to take that. He averaged a double-double when Wiseman went down while he left or whatever. He averaged 15 and 10. So and he even blocked almost two shots a game. So, Hey, you can get a diamond in the rough. He was one of my actual picks to be one of the most underrated ones in the draft. You didn't know he has the skill, but whatever system he goes into, hopefully he can go to the ones that actually he can thrive in. But I like him. He's another one that can make a dent in the league, you know, get a nice little reserve spot and put up some put up some nice numbers off the bench and give a young team or a contender team a boost. I like him a lot, man. Uh, again, I'm a sucker for these type of players, these uh, freakish athletic players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that sucks about him is that he is so raw from what I hear. But, I mean, I like him enough to compare him to Josh Smith, who was one of my favorite prospects coming up way back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just – him and J.R. Smith, they went back-to-back, I believe, one one yeah. draft. For a long time, I couldn't differentiate between the two because, you know, J. Smith, J. Smith. But uh, <laughs> Josh Smith, I mean, at one point, remember, he was in the – unless my memory is really uh, fading right here, but I believe Josh Smith was in the dunk contest a couple of times, wasn't yes. he? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, shoot. And yeah, and just like, you know, Josh Smith, his big um, waterloo, so to speak, was the ill-advised shots that he yeah. would take, sloppy oh, ball. That's why I'm like, hey, well, he's basically Josh Smith, and Josh Smith lasted a very long time in this league. He so did. just because of his athleticism and it, it just mm-hmm. – it just seemed to fade a little bit slower than you, than uh, the normal. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's a lot to like with this kid in terms of the physical attributes. But like you mentioned, there's a lot to be concerned here with the skill aspect of things here. Mm-hmm. At number thirteen, uh, Pelicans pick uh, in this spot. Here we have Oof. Aaron Neesmith from Vanderbilt. Mm. Good physical profile, above average athlete. Projected to be the best shooter in the draft. Uh, 
Well, he played against weak opponents in college. Uh, average ball handler, more catch and shoot guy. Uh, comparisons to Latrell Sprewell and Robert Covington. What you guys have for Aaron e. Smith? Man, he he. Let's see. I gotta I gotta load it up with this one. Gun smoke because he is a gunner. He is a damn gunner. He had four threes per. Yeah, it was man. This kid like. You get him off screen, especially the NBA, how the floor spacing is a lot, you know, better. You get him off those screens and get him open looks, this kid is going to light you up. You know, what I have basically, one of the most prolific scorers in the country. And then he go to, what, what did he go? Vanderbilt. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they produce some pretty good shooters. And, you know, 52% from three. 52. I mean, that that's kind of, that's. That's lovely right there, man. You who wouldn't want that on their team? So I see the Pelicans. You got a shooter like JJ. You know Ingram can fill it up. I mean, they have shooters everywhere. You know Frank Jackson. I call him the Duke squad because they got like 80 people from Duke. Um, every they, that team is going to be deadly. I don't know he only played 14 games, but still, imagine for a whole season. You never know what he could have done, and he could have been in the top 10. You know, so. He definitely fits that role for J.J. If he decides to opt out in the season, he can fill right in there. And New Orleans, man, new coach. I mean, new philosophy, getting more, just a lot. Just put him on the floor with Lonzo. He'll find you. He'll find you for some open shots. Um, so you put him there if, like Felipe said, if, you know, Alonzo stays. So because he, you know, he might be out of there soon, but even if he does, Neesmith could be in there, and he can put something on teams. that they, I can't wait to see him in the league. Though. I, he's another one I can't wait. I see him falling to the Magic uh, the more I look at these teams. The Magic don't really have a real small forward, and mm-hmm. if this kid can step in, I mean, he, there's a lot to like about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also one of my uh, favorite players of this draft, because the guy is, a, like you mentioned, he's a gunner. He's, mm-hmm. he's a machine gun Naismith here. I mean, he almost sounds like he invented the game of basketball, this kid did. Um, but, I mean, the reason I, I compared him to Latrell Sprewell is because, number one, I, I just wanted to go back in time and just look at other players who were kind of similar. Height, weight, can shoot, uh, and let his shot off in so many ways. I think about Latrell Sprewell. This, the intangibles and leadership, that's not so much Latrell Sprewell, oh, especially no. in his Golden State days. Although, I mean, hey, with the Knicks, he, he helped them go to the NBA Finals one year. Yeah, he was fun. He was fun to well, watch. I mean, how bad could Sprewell's intangibles be after all, right? But this, this to me, the strengths, that's a 10-year veteran right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just the shot alone is going to put him in this uh, – theoretically speaking, this should put this kid on a, on a path to 10 years in this league, at the very worst as a journeyman. Yep. So, I mean, being compared to Robert Covington isn't a small – this that's not small potatoes either, man. If you if you play fantasy, I mean, you you uh, learn to appreciate Robert Covington's uh, productivity because yes. he could do it all. So, that, that, yeah, there's a lot to like here, but I think the problem here is that he the, the teams that are in this uh, vicinity, the Kings, the Pelicans, the 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 Grizzles, sorry, the uh, the Celtics, uh-huh. that that's not a good fit uh, for this Nesmith kid. The Magic though, they could use a guy like him. Yeah, they can. They need some shooters. They need That's right. But, yeah, I like that kid, though. Yeah, yeah shooters do last in the league. You look at Kyle Corver. You look at uh, uh, J.J. Redick. Redick. 
mm-hmm. you know, they they last forever. And you know, Joe Harris made yeah. himself a name, and mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson. So, oh yeah, shoot is shoot. It, it, it's it's universal. Um, go to number fourteen. This pick is with Boston. They're looking to really trade all of their picks for a star. Sure. Preferably for some front court help. Uh, so we'll see where that goes. But here listed at number 14 is RJ Hampton. Uh, coming from overseas from New Zealand, 6'5, 188, quick combo guard. Really needs to improve his three point shot. Uh, but uh, poor free throw shooter. It's like Ben Simmons. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> a combo guard in the comparison to Jarrett Culver and uh, another Dante Exum comparison, which you guys have for RJ Hampton. That's fair. <laughs> they love the NBA draft.net. That's like their go to. When, when in doubt, just compare them to Dante, Dante Exum. Exum all the time. All, that, all the time. It, it, no, it works because he can't shoot. I mean, he doesn't really do anything. That great on the floor, yeah, he's quick and explosive. So is Dante Exum. Now, he's quick. Yeah. I mean, that would mean he could put the ball in the hoop. I mean, you know who he reminds me of? This kid, but what well, about the quick and explosive? Emmanuel Moutier. Because mm. he was – R.J. Hampton was supposed to be a top five pick, and his stock dropped. I mean, he was top ten easily. But I guess his work – like the workout that people saw with his shot – can't play defense, and is he has to work on a lot of stuff. That's all I can really say about this kid. And a lot, you don't have a lot of elite defenders in this draft, and he damn sure he's a way far away from that. Uh, the Jared Culver comparison comes with the fact that I know that they don't play the same position, mm-hmm. but Culver six six one ninety five, he's a god awful three point shooter. Yeah, yeah he's I think trash. <laughs> he shot uh, 29.9% from the three-point line. Um, so, yeah, that's that, that's, uh, that's a concern right there. But mm-hmm. he's supposed to be a point guard. He's supposed to have a, a nice set of skills that allows him to play both point guard and shooting guard. So we'll see what he can come up with. I mean, he's fast, so that's a plus. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you don't have a three-point shot in today's NBA game, what good are you at this point, right? Yes. You better get a freaking mid-range game or something. Something. But, damn, yeah. Well, that's it for RJ Hampton, folks. (laughs) 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 He he might stay over there. (laughs) At number 15, uh, this is Orlando's pick. Here we have Tyrese Maxey, shooting guard out of Kentucky. Uh, Real size, real strength, can really play either guard position. Uh, Instinctive score. Uh, not very fast, but he struggles to create for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, streaky shooter, I guess, like a Terrence Ross type. Uh, two-way combo guard, Darius Garland, Coutinho Mobley comparisons. Uh, yeah, I was this close to using Coutinho Mobley for myself here, uh, and then I just went, you know, let's let's pick, let's go back to modern times. Let's go with Darius Garland, and then sure enough, NBA draft out now uses Coutinho Mobley. Damn it! That was my pick. I shouldn't have doubted myself. But, uh, yeah, man, there's, uh, again, a lot to like here uh, from a guard out of Kentucky. You know, you, you, you got to love those guards from Kentucky. John Wall. Brandon Knight, was he? Was Brandon Knight one of those guys? I yeah, we so. yep. Kentucky, too. Okay. 
So yeah. somewhere in between is Tyrese Maxey, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, he looks the part. He looks the part. And, and uh, it, you know, you got to like a, a guard this small that can just be willing to put himself out there and score. He's mm-hmm. cocky. He's tough uh, on defense. Um, but he does have limited uh, skills. He does have limited uh, uh, ability to create for others. So mm-hmm. he has his work cut off from in that regard. Uh, and like I said, at, at only six three, you know that these NBA coaches, well, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna put buckets in, if you're not gonna put the ball through the hoop, then what good are you? Because mm-hmm. you're technically undersized at six three. So. Oh yeah. And he basically started off his year with a bang. I don't know if you guys remember, is when he scored 26 at the Garden to take down Michigan State, which they were number one at the time. So his his stock was already risen right there. And because coming out of AAU, he was a big name. You know, you heard about Tyrese Maxey a lot. You know, in Kentucky, they just produce guy after guy after guy, and then we get Kevin Knox, and then guy after guy after guy. And that's just how it goes. But his consistency might kill him and might actually derail how good he can be. So let's see if he can keep it, you know, get the shot up, you know, shoot around. You have to shoot. For you to be considered like a really good player, you got to shoot around 45%, 46%. And, but he can get to the rack. You know, he's he's not afraid of anything. He's pretty, he's fearless. And I like his game because he shows a lot of enjoyment when he plays the game. Watching him play, he you can tell every minute he's out there, he's loving it. And I love to watch players like that. So if he develops his point guard skills a little bit, you know, floor vision a little bit better, he can he can be a top 20 point guard. You never know. But And that also to work out with LeBron and, um, you know, AD, kind of, I think that helped his stock a little bit too. Yep. Uh, anything with LeBron is going to get ratings, of course. And Leon, do you mind if we talk about Cole Anthony? And then uh, to, I know yeah, you sure. only wanted top fifteen, but I know uh, I only want to bring up Cole Anthony because uh, Jacob's been bringing him up uh, mm-hmm. earlier. And I know, like in the group, a lot of Nick fans bring him up a lot too. So, um, but and then yeah. whatever after that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead, Leon. So at number sixteen, ranked Cole Anthony, um, my guy from Carolina, uh, very aggressive, very confident scorer. I mean, elite scorer at the point guard position, but his problem was his shot selection, uh, three point, and his, his defense. Um, he lacked a lot of supporting help in yep. Carolina, which I, I thought led to his uh, poor shot selection. But uh, you know, his comparison here to Avery Bradley or Mo Williams. Uh, hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I kind of like the Mo Williams. Yeah, Mo Williams. Yeah, that, that other one. God damn, Avery Bradley. That's Why he plays mean. defense? That's yeah. all I mean right there. Man, yeah. do I ever do that again? <laughs> no, but Avery Bradley, I can see because of his size, so I can see where you would get it. But Avery Bradley is a better, way better defensive player. But Cole Anthony, I just think he has it. You know. He has the air about him because he's a New Yorker. Yeah, you damn right. I'm going to be biased. It's right there in Queens. Yeah, where he used to, he used to ball out over there. His dad, his dad, you know, man. All right, let me calm down. No, I'm kidding. But yeah, he he's a good player, man. He's he actually gets to the rim. You know, he tried to play hero ball a little bit too much, but I think he got the raw end of a deal because he tried to, you know, lift a horrible 
horrible UNC team over the hump. And a lot of the times he just couldn't do it. Then he hurt his knee, which made it worse. And then he dropped down. But I think if he gets – hopefully he gets on a team where he can show what he can do. You know, I know I was high on him. I thought he was going to, you know, get to the Knicks, but I think he's dropping fast. And I don't know. It just I just really hope he gets to a team where he can show what he can do because I think that kid can do really good. By the way, the my comparison to Avery Bradley does come from the fact that they're both six three. Uh, Bradley a little a little bit smaller at uh, only 180 pounds, and uh, mm-hmm. Cole Anthony is listed at 190. Mm-hmm. But the other reason I put him up there is because uh, Bradley last year shot 33.3 percent from the three point arc, which put him on the bottom half of players of his height and weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you know, uh, by com- you know just by by comparison, the the top guy on, in this height and weight was Cameron Payne at 51.7%. It was a wacky year last year. But, yeah, that, it's, the lack of uh, three ball is what really uh, pushed me to compare them uh, to Avery Bradley, whether for better or for worse. That was the, the best I can do with a guy who is this mm-hmm. small and needs to have a better three-point shot. And like, like I mentioned, that's the theme. Like, if you don't have a three-point shot, it's like you're going to struggle to – make a name for himself but you know one thing I do like about Cole Anthony is that he does have that ability to create his own shot Mm -hmm. he has a good pull-up game from with range that's going to be super helpful for him uh and he's a competitor on defense just like Avery Bradley was and that's I think that's the other reason why I was uh inspired to go with Avery Bradley here I mean Mo Williams I think that's a little bit of a reach by NBA draft.net but uh again when in doubt just compare a player to Mo Williams you'll be fine in this draft class (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking. I, I, I was pretty darn close. I was there was about four or five guys who I'm like, that's Mo Williams. No, that's Mo Williams. I was pretty close myself, so I really had to challenge myself to not use the same guy over and over again uh, because it, it's pretty tempting to do so in this draft mm-hmm. class, especially with point guards and and other combo guards as well. For sure. Yeah, and and, and like Jacob mentioned, I I think he does have that it factor. He he does have that star uh, capability. It just like you said, getting in the right situation. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very good value pick uh, if he's uh, dropped this far. Yeah, and he might go to Dallas or Brooklyn or Miami. I know. I'd rather see him in Miami than Brooklyn. I mean, if he goes to Miami, that's good. But if he goes to Portland, he's going to get buried. Oh, yeah. He... There's just no yeah. way. Yeah, and he... with the Timberwolves, you have him uh, – paired up with D'Angelo Russell and whatever player they decide to draft, which is most likely going to be a guard from what it sounds like? Or what do you guys mm-hmm. think? You think the Timberwolves are going to go for a guard? I, I, I can see them doing that, going another guard. So they'll have somebody to give D'Angelo a break. And, but yeah, I can, I can see them going guard. It makes sense. Or what, what if they decide that they are going to drop down and chase Devin Booker. Now you got Devin Booker. De- uh, D'Angelo Russell. Oh, and Cole Anthony is your number one uh, drafted <laughs> player. If you're lucky to even keep a first-round draft pick, depending on what the Suns are asking for. Yeah, if they decide to do it, they just they going for it all. Just move them to move them to Seattle too. By the way, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I have a big thing about um, their owner. I'm not a fan. That's uh, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> nah, I'm not, I'm not feeling that guy. But, um, yeah, I can see them. If they go off the Booker and they get them, that means they're going for it. And that would be really interesting to see. But they do need guards off the bench, though. They, 
because Culver, I don't know, he 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 has a lot that he has to improve on. Malik Beasley got got him side. The reason why I'm saying a guard because Malik Beasley got into some trouble, some legal trouble, and it's really serious. So we don't know what his position is going to be. So and plus he was he was getting ready to actually get a deal, like a good nice little four year, five year deal maybe he broke out this season or last season and I don't know he may have ruined that. <laughs> I don't get it. Damn shame. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that all that stuff is going to be really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um see you have on our list uh 17 to 45. You know, uh hopefully Felipe can come back with us next week we'll uh Watch, have a live watch of the draft together. Uh, go over some of these players while we're either celebrating or uh, booing the teams of the players <sighs> selected. I, I already have a bad feeling about the about the Bulls here. I, I have a really bad feeling. They're gonna go with the kid from Israel, and I'm gonna be so underwhelmed. And <laughs> um, it, it's just not exciting. I mean, if you, you have if James Wiseman somehow miraculously falls down to number four. And the Bulls don't get him. I'm gonna be not upset, but just. Uh, oh, you'll be upset. No, no, not upset because I understand. <laughs> I understand why they did it, why they had to do it that way. And like, and I mentioned, they already have Wendell Carter and they have Laurie Marketing, so there's really no space for this guy. Mm-hmm. But you make space for him, right? You just mm-hmm. find a way to get him out there and put him in the second unit and just have him block shots. But the counter argument is you already have Wendell Carter for that. So, so I and. I don't know. It, it's, you know, it, not every uh, situation is built the same way, as you guys know. Uh, it, uh, some teams can afford to draft best player available regardless of position. Mm-hmm. And other teams are good with drafting need. The Bulls, they don't they're, – they're stuck in the middle somewhere. Either way, they're too awful to pick any philosophy to work. But in this situation, it makes sense for them to pick that small forward. Uh, let's go back up to the number four guy, uh, Denny Avdija from Israel. It makes sense. But they already had Thad Young on this team, and it's like it didn't, it didn't work out too well. And I don't know what this kid's going to do uh, with a new league, a faster game for him, and he has no left hand. So we'll see uh, how that works. Well, they're going to have a tall squad, though. Jeez. Hey, uh, well, I mean – at least it's something, right? But they always That's have a tough squad. And then they punch each other in the face, and then they get traded away. Nikola Meritage and Bobby Portis. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you guys have any, do you guys have any like, sleeper picks, you think? I have a few. It's just, if y'all want to go uh, over. How are we doing on time, Leon? Yeah, we're doing. Uh, we're almost hour 45 in. Really? I told you. I told yeah, you that was going to happen. Crazy. That's crazy. I told you. I mean, it's the NBA draft. This is what we've been waiting for uh, all summer long. Was just for the NBA draft because that's that basically kicks off the new the new season, which is going to start when December twenty second. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, we definitely. Just you know what you should do, Leanne. You should just uh, pack it up and repackage it as, as a two hour special, right? <laughs> <We're good. laughs> but I'll definitely say my point is very quick. I'll say look out for Tyrell Terry. Josh Green, and I have Jameis Ramsey. Those are my three that you need to look out for in the draft. So if they, I agree with Josh Green. I, I like Josh Green a lot. I like him. 
I, I really like him a lot, but it's same as the other players. No skill, but there's a lot to like about in terms of, like, explosiveness, athleticism. I'm really excited to see where he falls in. He's like Danny yeah. Green. He could be a Danny Green, 3 and D player. Hopefully, um, you know, he could be better. But A lot better. <laughs> uh, yeah. That his, his damn performances in the finals and the play. Ooh. No, I do like Ramsey. I, I like Cassius Winston as well. Uh, yes, Michigan that's State. your boy. That's your boy. Um, so, I, one of the Isaiah top Stewart, in the league. I am so sorry. I was going to just mention before I forget, Isaiah Stewart is a very intriguing name as well. Yes, yes. They got him going to the Knicks at 27, that second Ooh, pick. That 27 pick. Yeah, they got him going to the Knicks, and I like him. I like the physical dudes that will actually put their body into you and you just bully them. I like bully ball. We need to bring that back. Felipe, you said when you play ball, you you play bully ball. Listen, you well, It was more of out of necessity there. That's Lee. fine. That's <laughs> fine. I'd love to have you on my team, Felipe. Get down there and rebound. Not with these around. knees, brother. Not with these knees, no. I know, I know how that goes. The knees are Those going. Knees are gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Leon, I interrupted you. I, I do apologize. I just got excited yeah. when I saw Isaiah Stewart. You were, you were saying over there? After catches Winston? Oh no, I was thinking he had a he had a great year, uh, senior year in Michigan State, uh, polished pick and roll point guard, and I I think he will excel out the gate as a backup in, in the league. So um, I'm excited to see where he falls. Mm-hmm. Desmond Bain um, too. Yeah. Big shoot. <laughs> I'm trying to get this all out right now, man. I used to, to see all this stuff. I, man, it's crazy. I'm like. No, nah, man, this is fun, man. I, I, this, this brings me back to, like, when you used to talk with your friends. And I, I'll probably stop sharing because it's, uh, we're getting distracted here. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's like, this brings me back to, like, when I was back in uh, in, in the city when I, with my friends and we just talk about the NBA draft and mm-hmm. uh, is it going to be Jason Kidd or Glenn Robinson or Grant Hill? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's, it's always a happy time for me, the NBA draft. I love talking about it. I love covering it. That's the, the one thing, thing I miss. That's the one thing I miss. You guys are happy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, you uh, – hold on. Check, check. One, two, one, two. There you so go. I was, yeah, I, I guess I accidentally unmuted myself. Sorry about that. So one thing I, I – yeah, it's this anticipation, right? I mean, I know that the NBA doesn't have as – it's not as deep as the NFL draft or as uh, deep as the Major League Baseball draft or as deep as the hockey draft, but there's a lot of intrigue because uh, you're seeing – there's no helmets. You're seeing the guys uh, in raw emotion talent. Uh, out there on the court, they wear their heart on the sleeves. Uh, they got nowhere to hide, and uh, and you saw these guys perform in the NCAA tournament. Not this year, but you've seen these guys perform in tournament style uh, of play, whether it be conference championships or uh, uh, the, NCAA, the 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 field of 64, 65, how many teams they have, or in some of these European right. players, you saw them play uh, big time basketball in grueling conditions. I don't know if you guys have been reading how. You, much different European basketball lifestyle is to the NBA. And it's like, it's like the, the difference between triple A baseball and major league baseball. It's, it's, uh, it, there's no first, uh, what private jets flying you to city to city. You're, ta- you're taking buses. Uh, yeah. And you're in a crowded arena with psychotic fans uh, who, who treat these basketball games like soccer games. Yep. So, no, there's a lot to love here, and and I, I look forward to next week when we can all watch it together for sure. Oh, for sure, that's gonna be good. Why do you think Luca got so good? 
<laughs> no, I, just, I mean, we just mentioned Tony Parker or Carrie Killian Hayes for you, you know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where these guys go. And then, uh, Leon, maybe you know this, but do you know if they're going to have a, a, a summer camp? I'm uh, not summer camp, the uh, the summer league this year, or are they going to cancel that altogether? Nah. Oh, man. No, they, yeah, they dropped it. it. Mm -mm. Oh, that sucks. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed there. Yeah. What a bummer. yeah. Gotta wait to see. Oh, yeah, I guess it, it, yeah, there's not enough time uh, in between with a month. Uh, that's why I thought they should have started MLK Day, but exactly. And again, but then again, the the logistics of it all, it would have been almost impossible. Yeah, I get it. Like I said, we talked about. I get it, but I don't like it, but I get it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's been fun uh, having you on. Uh, you know, catch Total Basics podcast on Sunday mornings. Uh, wait, eleven o'clock. Uh, eleven o'clock Eastern, ten a.m. Central. Uh, we try to get it in before football because I want to watch the Bears for some reason, and, and then talk to you guys about football and the football life group. We do have a football life group. Remember that. Uh, and uh, I, I guess who's up next? So Friday, I think Bushnell and Randy go again. Yeah. Double duty uh, for this week. I, th I think they were on their bye week last week. So <laughs> I believe that I, I didn't hear that they were going to cancel this Friday. So I look forward to their previews for uh, this upcoming Sunday. But yeah, our show, we try to do it before uh, NFL Sunday. And uh, and hopefully we, people get their baseball fix and their prospect fix. Just like we talked about these prospects for the NBA. Uh, Sean and I are going to talk about more prospects for MLB. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking to see who's going to be playing tomorrow, tune in on Sunday. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are fans of any of the teams within the draft, we come on in and we'll watch the draft together. We'll create that pretty spreadsheet up on the board again, go over to prospects and, you know, have some fun watching the draft. Uh, I think it's 7 o'clock next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I can't wait. You're going to be real happy you're pissed off. This. <laughs> <laughs> This year hasn't been well. We got a new owner, so the Mets got a new owner. So I'm I'm happy. I, you can't bring you can't. I am good. The Jets. I don't give a damn. We we headed for the first pick. Maybe they'll fuck it up at the end of the season. But um, we're getting there. New owner. Jets might get the first pick. Nick still suck. James Dolan and Neil over. And so you know. Hopefully. They they did they did shut down for coronavirus. The <laughs> team in the league before it started. See. See, can we learn? Can you do anything right? But, uh, uh, man, but hey, draft is finally here. We've been waiting for this. I mean, I've been ever since that eighth pick, it's been just irking me. <laughs> so, I was interested to see there's a lot of talent out there. I know they don't, it's not top heavy as they call it, but um, I think there's a lot of talent that can have a lot of impact on this league, and we'll see. Next generation, though. Hopefully, stars. Yeah, it, it's going to be good stuff. Um, you know, catch you here next Wednesday, seven o'clock. Watch it all together. Uh, as we said, Friday, uh, football life. Randy, Matt Bushnell, the Audible preview week, week nine. Uh, shoot, week 10? ten. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah. Isn't it ten? No, no, it's week. Yeah, no, it's not. week ten. Oh yeah, no, no, it's week ten. Yeah, because the Jets got a buy, so that's a win. <laughs> well, uh, preview, preview week 10, Friday, uh, 12 noon. Uh, I believe, and Sunday, 
catch Felipe and Sean Sunday mornings, 11 o'clock. Uh, I believe Donk City is on uh, bye week this Monday. Uh, they are? If I really? believe correctly, they're, they're coming back next week. Huh. Uh, oh, shit. I was just yeah, joking I, I, about collecting events. Oh, that's, oh, that's surprising. Uh, yeah, I believe I believe they are. They're hit their uh, off season schedule. Oh, okay. Oh wow! All right. We'll take it. We'll oh, right. I did not know weird. that. It's gonna be weird, but oh, also, yeah. Lamelo Ball actually worked out for the Timberwolves. He conducted an individual workout in California with the owners. So we'll see. Wow. And we'll see. Good stuff. But. Yep. So you can catch uh, any of our episodes by subscribing to the Life Group Podcast Network on YouTube or Anchor, Spotify, Apple, however you receive your podcast. Uh, check us on Facebook Live, Boas Life Group, Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock. Um, thank you for your participation. Thank you, Jacob, again for another great show. And thank you, Felipe Incognito. Sir. For your great spreadsheets and your insight. Thanks for having me, guys. I had a lot of fun today. Anytime. Appreciate Anytime. it. Um, so, till next week, ball out, everybody. Ball out.